What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. It's a day before opening day. The excitement is here. I hope you enjoyed our season preview last week. I'm sure you disagree with some of our opinions, but you know what? We don't care. That was still fun to do. We'll, uh, we'll roll back into the season and see how things go. But I've got Nick Budig and Robert Stengel here today. We're talking rosters because all the rosters are finalized on the day before opening day. So uh, when you're listening to this, the games will probably be going on. Uh, but you'll be seeing some, maybe seeing some of the players we're talking about today or thinking about some of the players we're talking about today. But first off, man, Robert Stengler, how's it going? I say that just because some of the players got sent down, so they're probably not going to be playing. Mm. So what's up, Robert? Yeah, I don't think these are going to be household names to a lot of people, Luke, to be honest. Probably not. Maybe just one. <laughs> but, you know, we got the sleepers. We're bringing them out here. It's a good time. And, yeah, baseball starts tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. I have so many games, so many players I want to watch. Absolutely stoked for this. Yeah, there's a lot of games to watch. Um, and the, the beauty of it is that it goes from about noon till midnight if you really want to watch games all day. Me. Uh, Nick, <laughs> how pumped are you for this? Oh, I am uh, very excited. We, uh, well, I think all of us have got our uh, fantasy rosters set, so now we're just waiting for uh, to set these major league rosters. Yeah, we'll see how our fantasy teams do. I'm already dealing with a couple injuries, but that's how it goes. Me too, My, Mondesi. I had draft day injuries, so, like <laughs> I knew what I was getting myself <laughs> into. Robert had the Mondesi injury. Yeah, so and I knew what I was getting myself into. I mean, that's a draft day injury every year. <laughs> yeah, he's always got an exactly. injury. It's like an Aaron Judge injury. But those, those bags, though, you can't, you can't ignore the bags. You can't turn them down. Steals, I mean, man. I have Stanton, so that's an injury waiting to happen. So. <laughs> yeah. I got a big discount, but is it worth it? I don't know. That's part we'll of the see. buy. That's part of the buy. Um, so yeah, today we're going to be talking about roster moves, uh, player, some fringe players that made a team, some fringe players that didn't make the team, but caught our eye during spring training or otherwise. Uh, I kind of left the guys here with a, a vague request, just uh, if there's a t- player that almost made the roster that you think should have, someone who really caught your eye but did make the roster, but maybe is on kind of the bottom part of it, uh, throw them out there because we want to talk about them. You know, we like talking about some of the players that uh, people don't really know about. And I know Robert's got a bunch. I've got a few. Nick's got a few as well. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, but before that, I want uh, before we jump into it, just want to remind you we're on all of the podcast platforms. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your audio. You can find us. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Such as Pod. Again, that's at Such as Pod. We are also uh, on Gmail. If you want to send your questions or comments, that's the Such as Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Such as Podcast at gmail.com. All right, let's kick it off with a twin. I'll start because I feel like I never start as the host. I always throw it to you guys. Uh, the number one, uh, maybe the biggest puzzling story for me, uh, you know, watching as a as a secondary Twins fan, I call myself Cardinals first, Twins second. Brent Rooker got sent down. Uh, Brent Rooker was supposed to be the starting left fielder since uh, Alex Kirloff, whatever you want to believe about him, poor performance, service time, wasn't going to be up early in the season. We'll probably see him at some point, but... I think everyone assumed Brent Rooker, who was you know a first first round draft pick a few years back, was going to take that job. But they sent him down, and it looks like it's going to be Kyle Garlick. It's going to be Jake Cave. Arias is probably going to play out there too. But I was a little puzzled because I'm actually a big fan of Brent Rooker. I actually think he's, in some respects, might be even better than um, better than Kirloff right now. Kirloff's got the higher ceiling, but I think Rooker pr- proved himself in his short time with the major league. Ro- uh, roster last year he had 19 in at bats he had 316 on base percentage of 381 really small sample size when before he broke his wrist 
but uh, in spring he looked good too. Uh, he struck out just a little bit too much for my liking. You're going to get that with him, but he does have some walk in him. He does have a little bit of pop. I think he, sh he probably should have deserved that start. And he's 26. I don't really know what they're waiting about waiting here. You know, like service time issues maybe uh, with him, but he's 26. He's really not a young prospect anymore. So I was kind of confused. I would have loved to see him start. Uh, what do you guys think? Nick? Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised by it too. I think for the same reason, I thought it was, if Kirloff doesn't make it, I mean, it's Rooker's, Rooker's spot to, to to play in. But, uh, I mean, give credit to Garlic. He, he performed great, kind of as a, the surprise of the camp. But, yeah, Rooker, like you said, he, he performed great up until his injury last season. Um, and like you said, it's puzzling to see if this is service time. Uh, you said 26 years old, and you'd like to kind of hope after everything that's been going on over the past couple of years, service time is kind of uh, a mute point. But, uh, I mean, I don't other than that, I don't know what, what reason they would have to not, not give him a chance here. It's weird because he was up during the regular season last year. You can make the same case with Kirloff, but he was up in the postseason, which isn't a service time issue. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, it's, it's puzzling to me. Uh, Robert, I don't know how much you liked Rooker, but I know he's got a lot of strikeout in his game, but he's got some walks. I don't know. He was intriguing to me. I don't think he was the future by any means, but definitely a great placeholder. Yeah, I think he's an intriguing player, too. I actually had him starting all over Jake Cave and Kyle Garlick as well. But like Nick said, you do have to give credit to Kyle Garlick. He had a great spring. He, he earned his spot, even though he's not going to probably be anything too special as far as being like a role fourth outfielder. But going back to Rooker, Rooker is a solid player. I mean, he hits the ball fairly hard, if I'm not mistaken. He has decent uh, plate appearance skills. I wouldn't say his at-bats are all that quality, but it's solid. I think really it might be the defense. I'm not really sure what the difference really is when you look at Jake Cave and Kyle Garlick's bat versus Rooker's defense. I don't think it's that much of a decrease from either side of the coin. But I, I, I really think right now it really doesn't matter for the Twins. I mean, they have a good lineup. Regardless of who plays in left field, it's not going to matter too much. And we all know Kirloff will probably be up in the next two months anyway. So there you go. Yeah, that's probably it. Mm -hmm. So I, I was surprised. That's just really it. I don't think he's a long-term thing, like I said. But, I mean, Garlic, five home runs. He hit two ninety three in spring. He did earn the job. You can't fault him for that. Uh, he played with the Dodgers in 2019, Phillies in 2020. So he's becoming somewhat of a journeyman. But, yeah, I don't think the defense really separated between those two. I, the only thing I can think of is maybe just a minor service time thing with Rooker. And uh, maybe we'll see him soon. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. All right, Robert, give out your first uh, standout, spring training standout. Made the roster, maybe didn't. I don't even know what we're calling this, but start your first guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw out a big one here. His name's Chris Rodriguez, number four prospect for the Los Angeles Angels. He was projected to be a starting pitcher in all of anyone's top prospect list. But right now he's in the bullpen. A big move by the Angels. Very surprising. I believe he's only 22. He's had some arm issues as far as injuries, unfortunately. But he definitely has a very deceptive arm slot. Strong 95-97 two-seam with late movement. Absolute nasty. Then he couples that with a great slider slash curveball that has such good depth, you can't even tell if it's a curveball or a slider unless you look at the velocity change on the speedometer. So th this guy is really intriguing to me because he's got four pitches, three wipeout ones, one that he's probably making a little bit more use of being that changeup where he can get more ground balls. But, I mean, in spring, besides the ERA, he's striking out guys. He's got solid stuff. It's a question of will he be a starter reliever, but this year to open the season, he's going to be in the bullpen, and I love it. I think he's a very exciting player for the Angels, who already have Shohei Otani hopefully healthy this season. 
Uh, do you think he could ascend his ranks in the in the bullpen? And I know Rossell Iglesias the closer, but I bet it's this guy could. It's very possible. I mean, we've seen Rossell Iglesias over the years kind of fall apart a little bit. He's still a great reliever, but the question of is he still a closer? His heater is not quite the same anymore. I think he throws just about 95 to 96. It's not 97, 98, 99 that we used to see. So it's a really big question. We'll see. And we were looking at that Angels bullpen, and we noticed that it's a little wonky there's no yeah. Ty Buttry. No Buttry yeah we still don't know the mm. news don't on really that know. I'll have to look that up but yeah. yeah I mean that bullpen just kind of looks weird right now and I think he has well, there's a chance for him to really carve out a role this season if he does yeah. uh come up yeah they, so they did they did option Buttry two two mm-hmm. days ago wow. and they that's signed crazy. no no Ramirez who they used to have before I think yeah that's who they traded for Iglesias yeah weird hmm. Uh, Nick, what do you think about this Angels bullpen or Chris Rodriguez? I mean, it's pretty intriguing to see a, whenever you see a top prospect make the bullpen. It is. It is really interesting. Um, I mean, I th- with 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 the Angels rotation, especially. I mean, he could easily have made the rotation, uh, just because like we've we've rided on their rotation, yeah, pretty much all all off season. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was big. I thought Ty Butry was going to be a big option in that bullpen. Um, obviously. Uh, Butry kind of his last season his strikeout numbers kind of dropped a little bit um, and, and as Rodriguez had a great great season great spring training 10 K's and eight innings so uh, maybe that's what they want maybe they want maybe they just want to go younger get a younger guy in there get some game time for Rodriguez kind of protect him a little bit in the bullpen and maybe we'll see rotation time with him but uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting that he's that he's starting in the bullpen rather than just getting sent down to get more starts in either alternate camp or minors. I'm trying to look him up. Did he did he play? I just saw on Ross Resource he hasn't played above high A. Is that true? I think that yeah. is true. Wow, he's only 22. he hasn't. He's only 22. He hasn't played above high A, and he only had three starts there. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. He only nine innings in th- high A. That's a big, big uh, boat of confidence by the Angels, like you said. <laughs> he's got Robert. nasty stuff, but yeah, you're right, Luke. It's pretty risky. Jeez. Yeah, 22 years old. I'm. Yeah, that's intrigued me, man. That's a good one yeah. to bring up. Yep. All right, Nick, give us your first guy. Uh, my first guy is obviously a prospect. It's Nico Horner uh, for the Cubs. He absolutely smashed his spring training. His sl- line was 368, 405, 652. Um, absolutely crushed the ball over the park. He's he's kind of been the been a top prospect for the Cubs for a couple years now. Um, but he lost a job to David Boat, who again had another great spring training. He was con- kind of came down in those two. But Boat, he had a hit 200 last year. And... Uh, I thought it was Horner's time. I mean, Matt Duffy made the club. Bodie can play all over the field pretty much, and uh, I thought Horner, this was his time to make the make the club. And I again, it's it's that service time manipulation that I'm. I think I'm more concerned about with the Cubs, especially after the Chris Bryant debacle that's going on right now. You'd think they'd they'd want to try to avoid that with another another uh, high prospect like Horner, but uh, he didn't make the club. He smashed the ball over the park, um, and they gave it to the guy who hit 200 last year. That's really weird. I know that like Nico Horner's been up with the club for a bit too before, so mm-hmm. you would think he'd get a good chance. So who do they have at second base? They have yeah, David Bodie, huh? Yeah, David Bodie. Yeah. I mean, he did get that contract extension, so that Didn't might. Then they sign uh, Eric Sogard too. Yeah, he's on there too. Yeah. Matt, Matt Duffy and Eric Sogard are the backup. That's so they had to go out and sign those guys, mm-hmm. instead of having Nico Horner uh, get the chance. That's weird. That's, yeah. that's really weird, actually. Uh, I actually think Nico Horner's kind of a sneaky guy. He's a good contact hitter. I don't think he's going to mm-hmm. be anything special, but I think he deserved a chance over those two guys. It doesn't really make a sense. Yeah, a lot of sense. Thinking. Wonder if they had a reasoning for it. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he had he showed some big time pop this spring training, which I mean, like you said, he's not really known for it. But I think he had like eight extra base hits this spring. So weird, weird decision by the Cubs. Robert, well, did you, did you generate... like Nico Horner a few years back, or I yeah? Right? I mean, when you generate good contact, I mean, look at Tim Anderson. Maybe the analytics don't exactly speak volume, but when you make good contact, home runs can happen, and that's something that good contact hitters sometimes it develops, sometimes it doesn't. I know Luke and I had that little debate. Uh, you know, last couple of weeks about barrel rate. And I don't know if either of them are super high on that list, but to me, they barrel the ball. Whether the stat says so or not, they're good barrel ball hitters. And that makes a good, uh, good outlook for Nico Horner going forward. But to not make the roster is just really shocking to me. Because, I mean, yeah, the guy could hit 290. He could hit 12, 15 home runs and still be very productive. And again, I'm going to go to the question like with Brent Rooker. Is it defense? I mean, we're, what's, what's the problem here? I, I don't. I mean, I'm reading about it right now, and it, and it looks like you know Bodie had a good spring as well. He hit 311, and he has, you know, he's had more major league experience, and so it sounds like they don't want Horner up unless he's going to get every day at bats. So mm-hmm. they they put Bodie at second base, give him the shot, and they're going to wait on Horner a little bit. That's what I'm reading about this right now. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But so I mean, it's not like Bodie had a bad spring. No, well, yeah, right. it's, it's kind of like the whole. But is Bodie really that great? But it's no, not like I don't the think Horner so. was bad either. No. It's like That's the Rooker, Rooker garlic yeah. kind of argument right now. But yeah, Horner definitely did deserve it because Rooker didn't hit as well as Horner did. No. So all right, uh, let's go back around here. My second guy is for the Red Sox. It's Tanner Houck. Tanner Houck is a starting pitcher for the Red Sox, and this dude was absolutely nuts last year in the shortened season. He had three starts, 17 innings, but he had 21 strikeouts in those 17 innings and a .88 whip. With just, I mean, he had nine walks, which is kind of a high walk rate. But uh, man, this guy looks pretty legit, and he's he's looked kind of shaky in spring, you know, above a 70 ERA. But this guy's got some really really good stuff. He's actually going to get a chance to show it off too, because uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is missing a start. Uh, he, he's trying to build back his innings from last year, so. Uh, this guy's going to get a chance, and he's going to be second or third in that rotation first time through. Uh, big fastball, or he's got a, he's got a fastball, average about 92 miles an hour, but what really is the bread and butter is his slider. It's 82 miles an hour. Uh, it's got a lot of movement. It's just pretty nasty. Uh, I think people are going to be pretty impressed by it. Um, he also has a sinker that he throws. He also has a, a split finger that he, he threw three times last year, so obviously not very effective, but... Um, Looking at this Arsenal, I think he's good as a starter. Uh, maybe early in early in the game, like third time through the order, he might get hit a little bit because it looks like he's really a two pitch pitcher, fastball and slider, mm-hmm. and so that's my concern with him. But those two pitches are pretty nasty. So if the Red Sox do need bullpen help this year after Eduardo Rodriguez is back, or if they need him to spot start sometimes, I think he could be a really good swing man for them. And I'm actually excited to see what he does in this start coming up. Um, Robert, you scouted him a little bit too. Were you impressed with Tanner? Tanner yeah, Hulk? he's got a right-handed slider of Chris Sale. He looks. I mean, mm-hmm. you can argue that his slider, like you said, Luke, it breaks a lot. You know, righty lefty doesn't matter. It has incredible break, and it reminds me of Chris Sale, except for Tanner Howick is a left or a righty. So that's the only difference. Other than that, yeah, the fastball is a little bit questionable. I think it still could play because when you have a really good slider, you can play off that. But it's going to be about location. I mean, you talk about the nine walks. As long as he can locate his fastball, that slider will always be strikes for him. Yeah, and like I said, he does have a sinker that he threw 25% of the time last year, which is interesting. I didn't see much of that when I was watching him in spring, but maybe he disguised it well or something. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, he throws the slider just as much as his fastball. So maybe we'll even see that if he wants to be more effective, throw the slider a little bit more and the fastball a little bit less. 
Uh, we'll see. Maybe the, the issue with the walks is that he does throw the slider too much because that can be a pitch that walks a lot of guys. Um, yeah, do you, go do ahead, you see him as a staying up when Rodriguez comes back? I think he gets sent down. I mean, he was going to get sent. He's already sent down technically right now. They haven't called mm-hmm. him up. So okay. that kind of tells you what they were already thinking with him. He'll get called up yeah. for the start, I think, because if Rodriguez isn't on the IL technically, he'll get sent on the IL, I think, right before the game. Something weird like that. So they're waiting to make the roster move with him. Or maybe they're waiting because they're going to bring up a bullpen guy for the first day. And then when it's okay. his turn to do the spot start, they'll call him up. But I expect him to go back down after the his first start. Um, but yeah. when, like I said, when they need a spot start or if they need some bullpen help, I think he's the first guy to come up. Uh, like he, He's just got really good stuff. Uh, and this is like a guy who was pretty unheralded too. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a first-round draft pick in 2017, but... He's not really any high on any like huge prospect list. I think he's a top ten Red Sox prospect, but he's not like a huge prospect in any other regard. So, um, good for him for making the most of it. All right, Robert, give us your second guy. All right, so I've mentioned this guy's name quite a bit over the years for the White Sox. Yermin Mercedes, a catcher designated hitter. Uh, the thing about him is he lacks defense and he definitely has no speed. So it's going to be hard to see where he plays. But he did make the roster, which actually to me is surprising because Jonathan Lucroy got cut, who actually had a solid spring. And we all know Lucroy is a veteran presence player that maybe the Sox could use if Grandal goes down again. But instead, Zach Collins made designated hitter in the lineup on opening day, it sounds like. And that means your mean Mercedes is going to make the roster. And Mercedes, to me, I've said this many times, if he had enough plate appearances and enough at-bats, he could hit 20 home runs with that power. I mean, you're talking about a lighter form of Wellington Castillo with his White Sox days. He's got incredible power. I think he also has a clutch gene in him. If I've seen it a few times in spring, the last couple years in clutch spots, runners in the scoring position, he knows how to just keep the swing simple. And that's something that is goes a long ways in today's game. Now, his on-base percentage isn't anything crazy. He does have a little bit of a weak strike-to-walk ratio, but... It's a guy who also has a pretty strong arm, and if you look at the comp, he actually comps to Jorge Alfaro pretty well. I think they're very comparable, except for Alfaro might hit the ball a bit harder. He is 28, but he's still a great depth piece that I think the Sox have held on to for years for a reason, and this is the reason. I think I was reading about him in my Baseball Prospectus magazine, and he's kind of like an older prospect. Yeah, like he's, yep. yeah he's like 28, isn't he? 26, yeah, he's 28. Nah, he's 28. He's, he's a little older. Okay. Yep. But yeah, he's got some bop, so I mean, that's kind of exciting. I think people were really stunned when they sent Lucroy down, but it's just really funny watching writers do this sometimes where they like get overreact about things like this. I mean, Lucroy's days are numbered, right? I think it's Yeah, I white. mean, he's not a starting player anymore. He's not a starting player, and even as a backup, like he just wasn't very effective these last mm-hmm. few years. So, mm-hmm. um, when people say, "Oh, veteran Lucroy got sent down or released or whatever." It doesn't really shock me, so I think mm-hmm. um Good for Mercedes for making the team. And, Finally. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes veterans get booted out. That's how it works. Yeah, I think yeah. he's only played one game, which is crazy. <laughs> that is really crazy. And he's been yeah, a prospect yeah. for a while. Like, I've heard yeah, him a Yeah, I know. Time. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, poor guy for sure. Uh, Nick, anything to add on Mercedes, or you want to throw out your guy? Um, I mean, I, I think it's just more of a desperation move by the White Sox. I think we were talking about this earlier. They've got hit by some hard, by some injuries. So I think that's just they need another bat up there, so. Um, but I'll throw up my guy here. It's it's that's I'll, it's probably a combination pick. It's uh, Dexter Fowler made the Angels roster over Scott Schiebler. Now I don't know if Fowler um, 
if if managers own or Fowler owns some managers out there, but it seems like he's always making the roster when he shouldn't be. He hit two night hit like two two seventeen or something in the spring, and Schiebler hit almost three hundred um, with three home runs, three forty three on base percentage. I know Schiebler he was he he wasn't gonna be a starter, but to for Fowler to make it over him, I mean they're both older players, but Schiebler had an amazing spring training, um, and the fact that he didn't make it and Fowler did just kind of baffles me. Yeah, I, I, Dexter Fowler is the guy who I think he does keep making rosters, but it's because of his on base skills. Like yeah. he just gets on base really well, and he's a veteran, and so not like Lucroy, who is like he just you could tell he's not effective anymore. <laughs> Fowler still gets on base at a decent clip, and he actually might lead off uh, depending on if he plays every day. And so I don't blame him for that. But Scott Shebler, I mean, probably would have helped that team out probably more in the long like this season but i don't know if that's a big one for like i don't know if i'm too upset about that yeah i'm not really surprised at it all because like you said luke the on-base percentage is dexter fowler's bread and butter that's what makes him so solid i still think he does have a little bit better defensive skills than shebler as shebler is one of the heavier set players still and he's not the greatest uh defensive outfielder but his bat is great i mean you look at the platoon splits though it's a pretty it's a problem for him whereas fowler he probably handles a little bit better in the average department versus home runs versus righties and lefties, where Shebler's probably going to hit you more power versus righties and lefties. And obviously we got maybe a Joe Madden favoritism thing going on here. That would not yeah. surprise me either. Yeah, I mean, Fowler did help them win a World Series, right? He was on that team? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Joe Madden's probably, hey, what's up, buddy old Dex? <laughs> buddy old. Buddy Welcome old back. <laughs> All right, let's go to our last guy. If we have some time, I know Robert has some other additional players he wants to throw out. So my last one, uh, I'm going to the Orioles for this one, surprisingly, with their uh, their very uh, interesting roster. Uh, not, that, that's code for not a good roster. But they have two interesting pitching prospects. I want to talk about one, but the two pitching prospects, Dean Kramer and Keegan Atkin are the two that uh, kind of intrigue me. I want to talk about Keegan Atkin. He, I, I might not be saying that right, but uh, he... Uh, was very impressive last year not from the era perspective not from the whip perspective but if you're looking for some deep sleepers or uh for some maybe some potential breakouts you kind of have to go deep when you're looking at like al only or NL only and Atkins was one that jumped out to me he had a 10 strikeout per nine last year uh he kept you know his home run rate was pretty low it was just the hits and walks for him so i was kind of intrigued to see what he could do if he actually did get a chance and and don't i don't i want to or let me see here he had a 12 strikeout per nine, excuse me, and a 1.1 home runs per nine. And that was in 25 innings, so it's not like a super small sample size for a 2020 season. So I was interested to see what he did, what he could do this year, but he uh, did not put up in spring training. He had a 10 ERA. Uh, he did have the 14 strikeouts, but he also had seven walks in nine innings. And so the Orioles decided to leave him off the roster. But my argument is the Orioles really can't be, beggars can't be choosers, right? I mean, they might. I think they might actually have some type of maybe some back end rotation guy with him with some good strikeout upside. Uh, and I thought they should just give him some rope and see what he could do during the regular season if he could kind of reclaim what he did last year. But, but no, he got sent down and said they decided to uh, sign Matt Harvey and Felix Hernandez, who obviously isn't there anymore. He got released. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see him up this year. There's inevitable injury. It's going to happen in rotation. So keep an eye out for him because he does have some good stuff. And uh, I'll, I'll, let me go to his arsenal here. So he's got a fastball. He throws a lot, 62% of the time. Uh, he's got a changeup, 17% of the time. A curveball and slider, he throws 10% of the time. 
uh, on each side. His his miles per hour on the fastball is only 92, nothing crazy. Um, so it's not like the the most game changing arsenal, but his his best pitch is the changeup. That's where he gets his strikeouts. So 70 percent of the time. So maybe if he starts throwing that a little bit more, he could be a bullpen guy. I don't know, but I'm a little intrigued by this arm just because of what I saw with the strikeouts last year. If you can hone that in a little bit. Does anyone has anyone watched him or any of any opinions on him? Yeah, I like his breaking ball. That's all I got for you. All right. I mean, he's not. He's really fringy. He's really yeah. really fringy, which is what this was for. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, Robert. I mean, yeah, I, oh, go ahead, Nick. Sorry. I was gonna. I was actually just gonna go in and, and try to figure out which which player the Orioles left off this season because it seemed like they. They always leave off prospects for some unknown reason, or young guys who should be getting chances. Like Mount Castle. So, yep, I was gonna. I see. I thought they were gonna leave him off for whatever reason they wanted to, but I was glad he actually made it. Well, the two guys that puzzle me is Jorge Lopez and Matt Harvey are in that rotation. I mean, I don't yes, know what yeah. the heck. What they're trying to do is see if they have some magical season where they de- they do decent and they can flip him at the deadline. But that's not really a long term play. I mean, it kind of is. You can get some prospects back, but like really, Matt Harvey. What what are you expecting out of that guy? He's been flopping yeah. around for three years. He can't do anything. All right, Robert, give us your third guy. All right, so this one really does shock me because of performance, and that's Jake Bowers and Bobby Bradley, the first base debate at Cleveland. Now, I talked about how this was going to be the best bat, one of the better battles in spring training. It kind of was, but really, if you look at it from a statistics standpoint, Jake Bowers was awful. He had one home run. He bad two eleven. He's had some taste of the major leagues twice already, like two, two half seasons, if you want to call it that, and he hasn't put out. He hasn't been productive, hasn't really done a lot. Bobby Bradley was uh, had 24 RBIs, seven home runs in spring. His average wasn't that great, and he did strike out a lot. But the upside is incredibly higher right now for Bobby Bradley than Jake Bowers. And I can say that because Bobby Bradley is like a 25, 30 home run guy in the minor leagues, whereas Bauer is not even close to that. The only thing that really makes Bauer more valuable is because of his on-base percentage. Other than that, a team that like the Indians, they need as much power bats as they can get in consistency. I don't think on-base percentage is a, is a question for this team because <clears throat> this team isn't going to get on base in general at all. That's not their style of the game anymore. They don't have those type of players. So I think Bobby Bradley fits the mold perfectly. He's like a left-handed Fran Mel Reyes. I don't really understand why he's not up. He's not getting any younger. He's been talked about for years in the organization for Cleveland. It's about time they call him up. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm guessing there's some service time thing here, too. Could be. Well, he's, he's seen some time already. I think he has, yeah. But so is Rooker. Not enough, though, to qualify. Yeah. Let's see. So I'm reading his his profile here. It said Bradley isn't the tier of prospect where Cleveland could get all that much value out of manipulating his service time. So they seem pretty confused too on like some of these <laughs> forums. I expect we'll see him up because Jake Bowers is nothing special. Like he hasn't done anything yet. They ha- like I remember they trade for him for Yandy Was Diaz. Was he the Yandy Diaz? Up. Yeah, yeah. Yandy and Diaz, Diaz has already been better than him, and Diaz doesn't have a yep. job ever. He just kind of right. plays yeah. once in a while. Yep. So. I don't know. I, I I thought Bobby Bradley was intriguing. I saw him in spring, too. He's so a big too. dude, yep. too. Yeah, he's he huge. Is. He's a big is. left-handed bat. Yeah. So I expect we'll see him up, but I, I, I share your disappointment. All right, Nick, ra- round this up. I know Robert's got a few guys he wants to throw out, but those will be quick. So give us your last guy. Uh, my last guy is Bryce Wilson for the Atlanta Braves. Um, he had a pretty good spring. I mean, he had, he had he pitched in the postseason last season. Um, 
And the main reason why is because the Braves right now, obviously Soroka's hopefully will be back uh, in the middle of April, late April, but they have a four-man rotation right now. Um, so they're banking on that till Soroka gets back. But Bryce Wilson, he, he showed a lot of promise when he was up in the postseason. He did a great job. Um, he had a great great spring training at an under two ERA. Um, he got strikeouts, he didn't walk a ton of guys, which was kind of the fear with him. But I I didn't understand why, why they decided just to leave him off the, the roster if this is another... Uh, uh, service time thing, but he he showed a lot of great stuff this spring training. So I was a little surprised he didn't even give him a chance to get at least one start in or two starts in, like the Tanner Houck's getting with the Boston Red Sox. We said this in our our uh, prediction episode, but I don't really trust the Braves rotation all that much, and that's part of the reason why I didn't leave him. I didn't have him winning the division. So uh, if that back end of the rotation kind of falters a little bit, I think we'll see Bryce Wilson. Smiley. Smiley, I think, is actually solid. I think it's just some of those young guys that might falter. Well, the Mets have their woes, too, so we'll see. Yeah. The back end of the rotation. Yeah. So Bryce Wilson for Nick. All right, Robert, uh, give it. you had, like, a rapid-fire one. Yeah, yeah. So I got three bullpen arms that everyone's going to know by the end of this year. Garrett Whitlock for the Boston Red Sox, Connor Brogdon, I think is how you say it, for the Phillies, and David Bednar for the Pirates. Now, Whitlock is an interesting player because he was a Rule 5 pick, by the Yankees, he had 12 Ks in eight innings with a one ERA in spring. Definitely an intriguing player to me. Great stuff. More of the hide the baseball. Did, so he whereas, did make the roster. He did. Yes, okay. he made the roster. He did. Yep. Okay. And Connor Brogdon is a nasty guy. He's been around for a couple of years. The Phillies need a secret weapon in this bullpen outside of their big three in uh, Neris, Elvarado, and Bradley. And I think Brogdon is a very intriguing arm that people are going to want to talk about soon. He had six innings this year with nine Ks, so not a lot of innings. I think he's coming back from an injury, so they want to kind of keep him in check. But the most intriguing arm of spring out of anyone's bullpen, in my opinion, that I watched is David Bednar, a guy who was with the San Diego Padres. He was not very good at the major league level, two bad seasons, but he has 18 Ks in eight innings in spring this year. He throws 98 to 100 with great movement. It's disgusting. He has a very slow breaking ball to go with it. This guy is just unbelievable, and I would not be shocked if he rivals for the closer role of Pittsburgh at some point this season. I think he is only 26 as well. Maybe a cog in the bullpen for the Pirates of the future. Yeah, because the Pirates have, what, Richard Rodriguez? Yeah, and I think he's good, but this guy's got nastier stuff. Yeah, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, So that's the roundup here of some of the fringe guys that did make it and some that barely missed it and uh, some players to watch out for. Um, opening day tomorrow. When you're listening to this, it'll be today. Enjoy it. It's going to be a great, great day. Baseball's back, baby. Uh, make sure to follow along uh, the whole season. We'll be here. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your audio, you can find us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter at Stitches Pod. That's at Stitches Pod. We also have our Gmail, the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com where you can send your questions or comments. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Take care.